I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk through grief by Enneagram type. I'll share a tip for working through grief by yourself, as well as one for supporting each type in their grief. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose for today is this breakfast that we've been making that I am very into. I don't know why I said the royal we. It's me. I've been making it. I'm very excited about it. Um, But that's just herb-basted eggs. I've been putting like butter in the pan and then putting in thyme, rosemary, and sage and just letting it kind of cook um, or like melt down slowly and get all of the herby flavors in there. And then putting the egg in the pan and then kind of basting it with the herb butter um, to cook the top. And it is so good. Um, today I made it as like a, a toad in the hole uh, or a egg in the basket, I don't, whatever you call it. I cut a hole in a piece of bread and I put it, it, cooked the egg in there and then in the herb butter. It was so, so good. My bud is that technically... I'm off work today, Um, so I worked um, on Saturday this week, which is super rare for me, Um, and so I am taking today off, today's Monday that I'm recording this, and I am technically off work. Obviously, I'm recording a podcast, but otherwise, I'm off, and my plan is as soon as I'm done kind of recording, editing, and uploading this episode, I'm going to run myself a nice, luxurious Epsom salt bath and kind of use that as my signifier to like chill out time. And I'm very much looking forward to that path. The thorn right now is that y'all, I am getting headaches a lot and I'm 99% sure that it is just related to how much I'm looking at screens, which I've significantly decreased in the new year. Um, I am like barely on my phone anymore. (laughs) Like we're just, we're doing a deep cleanse right now of all the technology, but I'm still getting these crazy headaches and I'm trying to wear my blue light glasses more often to just kind of navigate that. And I'm thinking I might have to get a new pair. And I went searching all day today for like where to get glasses. It's a very overwhelming process for me for some reason. And I am I just don't want to do it. I just want to not have to do that. But I think I do need a new pair. I don't think the ones I have are quite cutting it for me right now. So that's my thorn. You know, not a bad, not a bad one. Yesterday, I shared lessons that I've learned through my grief journey. Um, And today we're going to do my best to share tips for each Enneagram type. I do want to preface this episode by saying that What I'm doing here is sharing a mixture of things I've learned through trainings, readings, and listening to different types talk to me, but it's always more powerful to listen to individuals of each type really share their experience with these kind of things. So tomorrow on Instagram, on the feed, I'll be posting an invitation for you to share what you need when you're grieving or any lessons you've learned from grief. Reading the comments of that post may teach you even more about the types and grief than I can do in this episode, although I will certainly try. In addition, there are some elements of grief that are universal. 
um, one part of which being grief is unpredictable, uncontrollable, and is a deep dive into the vast unknown. So just like I don't know how to navigate grief for myself, you know, we don't really know how to navigate grief when it is our own. We often don't know how to navigate grief for someone else or with someone else. And so I just want to say, I'm going to try to share with you some tips, but when grief comes, it's not something that we can fix or control. It's not something we can know or predict. We can show up in all kinds of ways and really surprise ourselves. In addition, you know, several years ago, a dear friend of mine, he lost his father and I went on this research tangent on how to best support him. And the best thing that changed in my understanding of support supporting someone in grief is that we assume grief is felt only when the moment is here. And so what I mean by that is that people who are grieving are often greeted with a few very specific responses. One, people show up hard for when the moment for them, like when the moment is ripe, they bring casseroles, they hold your hand, they're willing to sit with you in your pain. You find yourself like in this overflow of support. And then when that pain doesn't go away, two things can happen or oftentimes both happen. One People rush you to feel better already. Like, okay, haven't we already felt this? Haven't we already been through the pain? Like, come on, get better already. Or people completely forget to check in on you at all. And all of a sudden, where there was kind of this oasis of support, you find yourself in a desert. And it's just you and the sand and the sadness. And there's not, there's no longer kind of an influx of love and support coming your way. I share all of that to say that universally there are some things we all need to know, right? We can't control this. Two, check in on your grieving friends, even a year or years later. It doesn't go away. And grief is not something to be solved or fixed. It just is. But we're gonna try and we're gonna try and make this easier on ourselves and make it more productive by walking through each type. So our type ones. The tip I have for you is to just let yourself be messy. There is no guidebook for this. There is no right way. There is no perfect way to grieve. You just have to kind of feel it and you're not going to be able to solve it. And it's going to be weird and messy and awkward. And you're going to be more emotional than maybe you're comfortable with. Um, Those emotions aren't going to come out perfectly and that's okay. Let it be messy. Let yourself be just a mess for a little bit. Now, if you have a one in your life that you want to support, I encourage you to encourage their frivolity. Um, Don't expect them to show up as their one structure right now. You know, allow them to seek out a little bit of play. Let them mess up. Let them be... um, Let them be messy, right? Encourage that messiness. Encourage them to kind of feel their feelings and express their feelings honestly and to do so without control. Okay, number two, type two. (laughs) Um, My tip for you is to ask for support and or let yourself be supported. You are great at supporting other people and this is the time where it's gonna feel unnatural for you to be the one being held, depending on your subtype, 
um, a lot of our self-preservation twos might have an easier time being supported in this way, but in general, you know, just let, let people show up for you and don't worry so much about if they're going to still love you or like you, um, through this process, because the people who love you and like you will show up for you. Um, but they might need you to ask because they might not know, right? Like a lot of times we've created these patterns and these dynamics of how we orient in relationship. And if your pattern that you've created at the groove that you're in with your people is that you are the supporter and they are the supported, then it's going to be a little unnatural both for you and getting used to being supported, but also them in look and learning to anticipate the needs that you might have. So you might have to ask and speak up a lot more than you think they would have to for you, but that doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they don't care. It just means that they're not as practiced in that behavior. And now if you have a two in your life that you are trying to support, think of how they would show up for you if you were in that situation. A lot of times the twos in our lives, they love us the way they want to be loved. So if you can anticipate or kind of do a little meditation on like, what would this person do if I were in their shoes and give them that, then you can really be a, a support to them in the way that they would support you in the way that they tend to crave. Type three, grief isn't something that we do. Um, and it's not something to be solved. There are no check marks. There's no gold star. There's no right way to do this. There's no winning at grief. Um, there's no way to move through this faster and more effectively. It's just going to happen. And your work is really just in allowing the feelings to come and allowing yourself to be present with them. Um, one of the things that I say in my Enneagram and Relationships course for my threes in general is I encourage you to have a daily walk where you're completely unplugged. So um, you're not listening to a podcast. You're not listening to an audio book. You're not um, with anyone. You're by yourself and you're alone with your thoughts and therefore alone with your feelings. This is important because threes tend to um, do instead of feel, right? So if, you, if you're trying to accomplish instead of feel your feelings, then grief isn't getting its true honor. It's not getting to actually move through you. It's not getting to be a teacher to you. Um, it's being, you know, we're trying to control it and manipulate it so that we can kind of, kind of skip it. Right. So that's my, that's my advice for our threes is feel the feelings. There's no way to, there's no way to do this more effectively or more efficiently to support a three in, in your life. Um, you know, it's really just about asking them about their feelings. How are you feeling? Um, what do you need? You know, are you happy? Are you sad? What are you craving? What would feel nourishing to you right now? Um, help them to get in touch with their, their wants and their needs and their desires outside of the doing and the action and the, the, the problem solving. Type fours. Um, I, you know, I think type fours are uniquely qualified to honor their grief experience and honor the experience of others in grief, right? There's just this, most of the work the rest of us have to do is the work of the four, right? Is, is the being of the four, which is just be with your feelings, allow them to come, allow them to go. Don't try and solve them. Don't try to fix them. And so 
in that way, fours kind of have a one-up on us on this one. However, what I, what I encourage our fours to do is to consider your relationship to suffering. So for, for our fours, especially when we think about our three subtypes of four, you each have a different way that you interact with suffering. And I, and I think this is where you kind of, your unique work comes into play. So for our self-preservation fours, you want to prove that you can suffer long-term and that you can like handle more suffering than others. So as you enter your grief journey, you're going to want to consider, you know, how am I attempting to prove that I can do this more? You know, how am I letting myself suffer a little bit more so that I can prove that I can do it for the long haul? For our social fours, there's kind of an over-identification with suffering in the sense that, you know, I feel pain and I want people to see me in my pain and I want to be, me and my pain are the same. And, and with that, you know, I encourage you to focus on a little bit of honoring both and, right? You're not just suffering, but there's beauty in every moment and of every day, just as there is sadness in every moment of every day and hold them both together. Um, that's going to be a really high level for approach to experiencing this grief. And then our sexual fours, they experience suffering by like, I'm suffering, so I want others to suffer. So you might notice anger coming up. You might notice a sense of like revenge or um, a stronger sense of envy right now. You might notice that you're wanting, you're kind of inflicting pain on other people, not intentionally, but just kind of like that's your your relationship to suffering often is like I'm pushing that onto others. And so just pay attention to to that thought pattern as well and try to honor your own pain so that you don't need, you know, there's no one to blame here. Pain happens. Suffering happens. Grief occurs. And it doesn't have to be anyone's fault. It doesn't have to be um, pushed off. It can just be felt and honored and moved through. Now, if you have a four in your life that is experiencing grief and you want to support them, the best thing that you can do is really mirror their emotions back to them. So as they show you their emotions, you can mirror their emotions back or honor their emotions back. You can even say things like, oh, I hear you saying da, 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 you know, and repeat back to them what they've said to you. Show them that you're present with them in their emotions and that they're not overwhelming you. For our type five, allow the feelings to flow. Um, you don't need to control them or conceal them. Um, you don't need to do this in private. People can support you. And in fact, like you're better when they do. And you can just, it's going to, you know, it's unnatural and it's a little bit scary to feel your feelings and to let them just kind of process and flow and move. Um, but they don't need to be contained, right? Like they can, they can be bigger and, and move through it. And the easiest way to do this, I think, is to just be in your body, get in your body every day. Um, a lot of times our as head types, if we can get into our body, we can get into our feelings. So if you allow yourself, um, either, you know, do meditation that brings you into your body. Um, yoga nidra is really great for that, or maybe yoga or doing, um, you know, some sort of embodiment practice like dancing, if you feel comfortable, um, whatever it is for you, letting yourself access your body might help you access your feelings. But either way, your feelings are not to be controlled or concealed. They just exist and they're allowed to be felt and they're allowed to be expressed. 
If you have a five in your life, um, a couple of things I encourage you to do. One is just kind of ask before giving. Um, this can give a little bit of that space because fives tend to feel fear people taking from them and invading their space. And so if you give them that kind of opportunity to deny the giving or to accept the giving, then you're showing them that like you're not attached to the outcome and therefore you're not here to take from them, right? You're just, you're here to offer, but you're, you're kind of detached from their response. And that can create a really safe space for them to allow support to come in because they don't feel like you're here to take. So as simple as like, hey, can I do anything for you today? Or do you want to talk about your feelings Um, without expectation? But do stay present without overreaching, right? Because you don't want to invade their space because it's just going to make them kind of close off more. But you don't want to back away because they do need you. They do need your support. So just show like, hey, I'm here, but I'm okay if you if you don't take advantage of that. I'm okay if you don't, um, if you're not ready, but I'm always here. So for our type sixes, simply there is no certainty and there is no roadmap, right? There, there is no right way. There is no guaranteed path to do this and then you will get the result that you desire. Um, there is no certainty that we will live to see another day. You know, there. this is just, it is, you know, it, it is messy and it is unpredictable and it is, it is scary, you know. Um, however, it doesn't mean that that is bad, right? It doesn't mean that we have to be afraid. Just because it's scary doesn't mean we have to live in fear. Um, when we focus on the unknown as unknown and hold on to the, to the hope of certainty, then we miss out a little bit on presence. You know, we miss out a little bit on like what is actually here. Um, and I think that that's the greatest thing you can do right now for yourself as a six and in grief is just be here right now. I'm feeling sadness right now. I'm angry. Right now, I'm scared. You know, be here and allow it to flow. If you have a six in your life, I just encourage you to check in on them. Um, Don't wait for them to reach out to you. You know, take the time to just regularly check in. Maybe you even set some alarms on your phone that say like, and I'm talking like for like a year down the road, you know, every once a month, just check in. How are you doing with your grief? How are you feeling? Um, Because our sixes are so communal, so community oriented, that knowing that the people in their community are thinking about them and want to, you know, be there with them in this is going to mean a lot. For our type sevens, uh, don't create an escape plan, you know, stay present with the pain. I was in a panel this weekend and I told the story of like two grief experiences for me. You know, the first was with my grandfather who was actually closer to, um, and the second, obviously we've talked about before is was with my dad who I was, I spent less time with than my grandfather. My grandfather was even more of a father figure to me. But with my grandfather, when he passed, I had done less work, right? I was less present and I went, I was on a plane to Copenhagen like the next day and wrote a book and called it the happiest time of my life. Um, not that he had passed, but just that I 
my method for dealing with that pain was to bring myself joy, right? And I, and I didn't really let myself process the pain or feel it. Um, in the long run, I really just had a day of sadness and then told myself to buck up and enjoy my life and made, made a point to do that, right? That is my, that was my escape plan. That was me trying to over, override the negative emotions versus with my dad, you know, the, process was more like, I'm going to go be alone and feel my feelings fully, no escape plan. Um, and I have continued to feel those feelings months later, you know, I still get overwhelmed with emotion and, and I honestly can say that like, it feels, I feel more loved. I feel more supported. I feel more in tune with, my life and my experiences, you know, as a seven, we can oftentimes just forget the negative things that happen to us in our lives. And my process of experiencing grief with my dad allowed me to really dive into my sadness and, and therefore some of those memories that I had, um, pushed down and I feel more cold, you know, than I did before. If you are in love or love a seven and you want to support them in their grief, um, I just say, like, don't trust our smiles, <laughs> you know, don't assume that because we're showing you the sunshine that we're okay. You know, ask if you can take anything off of our plate. Um, ask if there's anything going on beneath the surface that we need to talk about. I can't speak for other sevens, but I can say for me, I'm similar to a five in the sense that if I feel like you're trying to get my sadness from me, I'm not going to show it to you. But if you are a little bit detached, but available, if you say like, hey, if you if you ever need to talk, I'm here or ask me a really good question. Um, but it doesn't seem like you're invested in being that person for me to open up to. I will be more inclined to trust you and open up to you. But if it feels like you want something from this, I'm going to I'm going to pull away. Right. So really, again, like staying staying available, but not attached is a really helpful tool when supporting, supporting a seven and, and again, supporting a five as well. Um, but really don't assume that just because they're, they seem okay, that they are okay. Um, keep, keep kind of making sure, keep asking. Type eights, you know, when you're working through your own grief, I really think you should prioritize kindness toward yourself. Um, self-compassion, self-love, um, allowing yourself to be soft. Um, this isn't the time for you to power through or to pep talk yourself into being stronger. Instead, just let yourself, let yourself be soft and, and don't see that as weakness. Allow yourself to just be loved and hold compassion and in your weakness, in quotations, um, be loved there, you know, show yourself love there. If you have an eight in your life that you want to support, I really believe the best thing you can do is show up in your strength. The stronger you are, the less strong they feel they have to be, right? If you are, if you are there and you are strong and you are sturdy and they can break, they can break down and they, and nothing's going to fall apart. But as long as they sense that a need is there for strong, for strength, they will assume that responsibility, right? So 
if you want to allow your eight the prop the time to soften and break down and be be the one who is supported you have to show them that you are not in need of support and for our type nines for moving through grief you know i say just don't numb and be a little selfish so it's going to be really tempting for you to just kind of numb out, zone out, you know, scroll on your phone, watch TV, whatever your, you know, particular method of numbing is, that's going to be an obvious temptation. And the other side of this, the other temptation you're going to have is creating space for everyone else to feel and to process and to experience. And you might find yourself being like a supportive ear at this time. But it's, that's, not, that's not your job right now, right? Your job is just to feel, be present with your emotions, and, and therefore maybe even to be a little bit selfish in um, not being available for everyone else's thoughts or ideas or feelings right now. You know, you just need to be there for yourself fully. If you have a nine in your life and you want to support them, I encourage you to ask them directly about their themselves and their process and their grief. And as they're talking, um, when they finish a sentence, don't start talking yet. Wait a good three slow seconds before you speak again, because they might have more to say and it will show them that you're not rushing them through. Um, you're not waiting for them to be done talking. In fact, you're waiting for them to say more. And, and that can mean a lot to our nines who are often the ones waiting for other people to talk, but also not quite confident in the fact that, that they should be speaking at all. So give them that space so that it feels like a luxurious amount of time is made available for them to express their thoughts and ideas and feelings. All right. So today's food for thought is from Enneagram teacher David Daniels in an article he wrote about grief. There is no good way to put into words the meaning and significance of working with loss and grief. In working with dying and the grieving, it has become clear to me that at the heart of the avoidance and the difficulty of working with grief and loss is our splitting away from unconditional love, which occurred as the natural consequence of personality formation and of seeking a satisfactory life in the world. Along with the splitting away from the unconditional love, what arises is the need to forgive ourselves for not loving ourselves unconditionally, and of course others, as we cannot truly love others without first loving ourselves. This is the return of unconditional love, which has always been there in the background. It's just that we went away from it. It's what naturally allows back in all of our higher qualities. The process involves not just befriending our judging mind and reactivity, but literally our whole self in the process of becoming our own best friend. This is the art of inner friendship and ultimately friendship with life that brings us back to our soul and liberates us into loving and living life each day. Oof, if that does not say it all, you guys. Thank you for being here. As always, it is such a joy to create content for you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one.